You're listening to the Choking Fitness Podcast, home of news, reviews, interviews and opinions for the UK CrossFit and functional fitness community. What's up guys, it's uh, Tom from uh, Choking Fitness. Uh, It feels a long time since I've been in front of the camera, um, but with the rogue invitational that took place at the weekend just gone, uh, I really wanted to sit down with you uh, and talk about some elite level uh, CrossFit. Um, And so I reached out to Jason Croxton, um, who is the host of the official uh, CrossFit Bath podcast. Uh, we've spoken in the past, I believe it was at the beginning of lockdown, we were discussing um, what we were discussing, we were discussing kind of like staying motivated, home workouts, and uh, I think my, uh, my lockdown beard was looking a, uh, a little bit less uh, kind of uh, weathered, but uh, there we go. So uh, trying, to, trying to look respectful for the camera. So Jason, thanks very much for joining. That's all right, I'm happy to be here. My lockdown hair was a lot less <laughs> at the start of lockdown as well. So, you know, we're all on the, we're all in the same boat, aren't we? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I for one of kind of the, the weeks and the months have kind of blurred into into one and I'm like, when did we when did we talk? What 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 year was it? Honestly, I had forgotten that it was during lockdown. Um I assumed it was before. And then when you mentioned about staying motivated during lockdown i was like yeah that was a huge part of our conversation so it must have been during lockdown so um wow <laughs> but uh jason <laughs> you've been doing an admirable effort of putting a, an episode out a week haven't you uh, on the crossfit bath podcast uh, during lockdown with with a different guest every time yes that's uh, almost didn't happen this time but a very last minute guest came through but yes i've been, I've been doing that uh, I, I thought that would be a nice way to distract people during this period of time. Um, and may- maybe it has been, but I think potentially the rogue invitational was an even better way to distract people during this period of time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, everyone should definitely check out the, the CrossFit Bath podcast, but today I was really grateful to kind of have you on to, to chat as a fellow fan of, of elite level functional fitness, CrossFit. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, incredible to watch the athletes that put so much into their training and have got to such a level that can sometimes be almost unbelievable and there were many examples of that over the weekend yeah and I, it's worrying is it because we are going to sit here and we're going to praise some people and no doubt we'll i don't want to say criticize but we'll have some obs- some observations about others even though we really are not in the position to say anything because as you said, the, the level across the board is so high. So it is, it is, you know, comparing this athlete to another athlete who was there, who was just better, uh, both massively better than me. Like let's not, I am under no false uh, conception that I am somehow, I should have been there. I, I don't belong there. I would have struggled with most of the women's weights so I'll put that out there. Uh, but it, it is incredible to watch. Yeah, I've missed it. I tell you what. Um, I, so I, I know people have missed sport in general during lockdown. Uh, that's been kind of a comment people have made. I don't watch any sport uh, apart from like CrossFit competitions. So I hadn't sort of realized, oh, I'm missing it. Because it's only really in the last year that we had so many sanctional events that were streamed that you could watch. 
So mm. it's quite normal that you don't watch any CrossFit until, you know, regionals and then the games. Uh, so it, it wasn't something that I was aware of missing, but getting a chance to watch it, I was like, oh yeah, I, I do enjoy this. Yeah, and I was I was having a look at the, uh, the 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 kind of competitive calendar just before we kind of got on the call, and one thing I worked out is that the last the last sanctional, the last whatever you want to call them, whatever the it, it's it was the sixth to the eighth of March, which was over three months ago, and back in March I remember listening to Tommy Marquez and Sean Woodland talking about on on their talking elite fitness that. We had a sanctional event every weekend until like the end of July. And then what we saw only a week later was on the Friday night, I believe, of the planned Atlas Games in Canada. They had to close the event at the last minute because of kind of the, the kind of the lockdown and how quickly that was being applied, not just in North America, but around the, the world. And we very quickly were seeing sanctionals especially in Europe having to postpone um, and there was there was a, a real domino effect and I, I don't think there's a single sanctional now that has not either cancelled or postponed um, to to kind of and, and just said you know what this season we're stepping out um, and with with everything else that's going on in, in the kind of CrossFit organization at the moment I think there's going to be who knows what will happen next year and in what format. Um, but the main thing is, is I think everyone was gearing up at the beginning of March for an exciting summer of kind of elite level CrossFit on the run up to the games. And, and it just completely has not gone that way for one. Yeah. The Atlas games was, um, I mean, that was quite devastating because I actually had uh, Armin Hammer on the CrossFit Buff podcast who was there uh, when it all got canceled and, you know, and, and that was an interesting story because his his wife had quit her job to start traveling with him to cover all these really sanctioned events full time. And like that was they were putting all their eggs in that basket to like, this is what we do now. Um, she's a nurse. So she managed to get a job pretty quickly when they got back to right. to the States. But I remember that the Atlas Games had had this massive problem uh, getting the equipment and they weren't sure it was going to happen initially because they couldn't get the equipment. And then they really pulled off kind of a, a, a modern day miracle to get the equipment there. And it was like, this is the worst possible thing that could have happened, but we, we solved it only to then get told. And it was the venue that we're not going to let them have. I think the, the exact wording was that they, they were like, yeah, you can start, but we can come in at any time and stop you. Yeah. Uh, so it might be like maybe the first day they got through one or two events, but then someone came and pulled the plug and it was kind of like, well, it's better to just, cancel it all then make people do half a job and and, and you know have yeah. to take it all down after that uh yeah it, it's interesting also with the games that that's still very up in the air uh, yeah. because one as you've mentioned the the current crossfit climate and a number of athletes are you know boycotting the games basically mm-hmm. uh, and then apparently even the the situation with with covid there is in flux and potentially yeah. is uh is ramping up again a little bit. So initially there was thought that they would be allowed to have it because of how lax the, the lockdown situation was at the moment. I think it's still the same, but there is the potential that they might impose stricter restrictions, in which case uh, it, it might be that even if they want to have the games, they can't. And I mean, ultimately, even if they want to have the games, 
it's going to be the American games because the, the chance for uh, international athletes to get there is um, pretty slim at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, I remember I, I did kind of talk when they started, you know, they rescinded a number of invites. They were like, actually, there's going to be no teams. They're going to change the way the invites are distributed through um, the open and the sanctionals. And, and it suddenly became like, well, don't try and still call this the, the CrossFit Games to find the fittest on earth. Yes, we might have still ended up with the same people on the top of the podium, but don't kind of do a disservice to those that haven't been able to kind of get the same opportunity that they would have done at the beginning of the season under kind of non-COVID-19 pandemic conditions. Um, yeah, I, I think it was going to be interesting anyway, isn't it? Because the way sanction, the, the way the season works, it, you know, you don't know when someone is really planning to get their invite. Does that make sense? You know, that might be that I'm going to this sanctional and if I win, great, but this is more of a tune up because actually I'm, you know, my programming means I'm going to kind of peak closer to this time, ready to run into the, you know, people have their strategy. They're all trying to work it out, aren't they? So yeah, it's a little bit odd that those that got their invite through sanctions were still going to go. Those that were national champs were not. Obviously that changed also the numbers in the top 20 and it just, it, it just shook everything up. It was all going to be a bit, a bit odd. Mm. Uh, it, great to have a competition yeah. and, you know, maybe donate some money to charity and, and give it another name. And just, it could just be kind of a, the ranch throwdown, something like that would have been fine. But Yeah. Who knows? I think everything Who knows? Um, outside of one of the things I've found as well is that like, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, the sport of CrossFit, but also the community and, and kind of like what it's given to me over the years that I've been doing it. Um, but equally, it is actually a relatively small bubble on the kind of grand scheme of the world, you know, that there's such flux kind of globally at the moment, you know, lives have been irreplaceable irreversibly impacted and you know I, I found myself getting drawn and drawn into that kind of like you know what's going to happen to the games and then more recently what's going on with the CrossFit community and, and I, I'm trying to keep some perspective on that um, just because of everything else that's going on as well but um, I, th I think what one thing and like kind of I guess as focusing on the, the 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 love of the sport is that we're being faced with adversity and we've there's been no shortage of kind of like events, uh, event organizers getting innovative by offering online competitions. Um, you know, whether it be the Norwegian um, guys that they offered to kind of like the living room throwdown. Um, and there's been so many others and there were a number of sanctionals that very early on, probably back in April, we're talking about trying to take their competition online. I think the Italian showdown were the first to do that. Um, and the Rogue Invitational, I think, followed shortly after. There was some politics back then about whether that was going to mean that they could no longer be deemed a qualifying event. Um, but I think back, I think Rogue Invitational were very quickly to be like, we're okay with that. We're going to do it almost as, you know, they've been synonymous with the sport of CrossFit and functional fitness. That They were like, well, we're going to do it for the love of the sport rather than necessarily the... the um, the, the invitational uh, or the, the invite that it offers. Yeah. And, and I think, I guess with Rogue anyway, uh, and it was the same. I mean, if you think Chandler Smith got the inv invite last year uh, and, and he was amazing there, but I mean, how many places it dropped to get to, mm. to him because the level of competition at Rogue meant that nearly everybody already had their invite. 
there yeah. were few that were fighting for it and it was the same this year so it's not you know if they're saying well look, we don't really care about the invite they don't because they've already got the top players there so it's, that's that's not the that's not the draw for Rogue, is it? I mean, it is for the few that are you know vying for their invite, but that's not why most are going there. It's because it's got a you know a good prize purse. It's a a well run competition. Uh, you've got the best equipment, the best people, the the best t- like all the people running things behind the scenes are people that did do the game. You know the level of production, uh, and and I think when they announced going um, yeah to do it online. You mentioned before, you know, other people had done stuff online initially. And I think that was the fear, right? Like, you, you kind of see how a little small scale competition works online. I mean, even, you know, the the support your local box thing was like, oh, this is a competition that everyone can do at home. Uh, you know, all get in and support your local box. And then nearly every workout required you to have a piece of equipment that most people didn't have especially at the very beginning of lockdown yeah I, I remember myself thinking a bit like you know this is supposed to be inclusive but i'm seeing now the limitation of doing something online here and obviously that wasn't going to be the case with rogue mm. but you do think don't you like oh how's this going to work you know everybody from their own gym it seems a bit weird like you see the open submission videos and that's all you can really imagine right it's just sort of yeah. 12 people's open videos with you know a dodgy camera that sort of can't really see the line on the wall from across the room it's like yeah i don't think that's going to be an enjoyable competition to watch so i was wrong by the way spoilers yeah, yeah <laughs> spoilers for this i was very wrong yeah one thing i was going to say so for anyone anyone watching um who didn't was either not aware that the rogue invitational was taking place the weekend just gone or didn't uh hasn't watched any the production quality is phenomenal and the amount of the logistical planning that has gone into it is is just amazing that they've created that during lockdown but also managed to execute that during lockdown yeah and if you haven't watched it it's all on youtube and it's all on their website as well yeah and uh, some nice individual on youtube has in the comments time time stamped all the kind of Heat one, heat two, heat one of the women. Heat so you can very easily navigate and, and watch through this. And as you said, it's it's well produced. And I mean, you had like Sean Woodland calling. Oh, there you go. That's that's just yeah, yeah. That's just the voice you want to hear when you're when you're watching people it is. You, suffer. It's someone who's watched you know the games for many years. You know, if you can, you don't need to be in the room. If you hear that voice, you kind of go, I know what's on TV. So. Uh, you know, and, and a little bit then more detail before we kind of maybe get into some of the, the kind of the, the meat of, of the weekend is that you'd already mentioned that the, the caliber of the athletes at the Rogue Invitational is um, with last year being the first of the first time is just amazing. It's called an Invitational for a reason. They invite the top 10 males and females from the um, 2019 CrossFit Games in this case. Um, and then there were another kind of number of um, athletes that were invited and some that qualified through what they deemed the queue, the qualifier. Um, so I think we had 17 um, males and 18 females in the end, or maybe the other way around. Um, and the roster of athletes, both male and female, was absolutely incredible. Um, we let, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more detail. The absence of Matt Fraser was a hot topic of discussion before the weekend. 
Um, but the other big topic really was the full, full helping of incredible female elite level athletes. So great to see um, Cara Saunders back on the, on, on the elite field. Um, you know, she'd done amazing down in Australia um, in one of the early sanctionals, but also had already qualified through the Open, I believe. Um, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Catherine David's daughter, Tia Claire Toomey, who is continuing to look unbeatable, spoiler again, uh, but just an amazing kind of a, a roster of, of female athletes. Yeah, I, I have, I have opinions. I'll, 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 I'll gently dish them out through, throughout. But I mean, you've already mentioned Cara, and uh, she is incredible. Like, I mean, you, you said she'd qualified through the Open almost by accident. Um, she was uh, supposed to be competing at, I want to say it was Torian Pro uh, that was happening during the Open. Uh, and they did, um, they did one, like the, the Open workout, I think the, the first Open workout was a bit like Strength and Depth the, the year before had been incorporated into the, into the competition. And she did that mm. and got such a good score that she dropped out of the competition to focus on doing <laughs> the Open. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and qualified for the open, you know, having just had a baby yeah. not long before. And again, like one of the, you know, I suppose we'll, we'll put it in here because one of the trade-offs of doing this competition in this format online from home is that that also means your time zone. So mm. Cara, who put up incredible performances, was doing all of those at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, you know, you can see the gym, you can see the windows, it's pitch black outside. Mm -hmm. And I was watching her sort of behind the scenes vlog today. And she was saying like on from day one, she got home and it was already kind of like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And she knows that her baby's going to wake up in, in kind of half an hour, an hour. There's no point in going to sleep. She'll just wait till she wakes up to sort of yeah. feed her and do all this. And you're just Making like, having, yeah. Uh, you know, Done, done an incredible first day. I mean, my, my daughter was born roughly around the same time as Cara's, as Cara's daughter. So I feel like if I told my wife to go and compete right now, she'd kill me. And so <laughs> it's like, you're not sleeping at night. You're not getting the rest you need. The baby is like, always needs you, demands everything from you. Yeah. To be able to not just compete, but compete at the highest level in the middle of the night and some of the performances performances she put in were absolutely incredible. Um, you know, we, I mean, Tia, as you said, is almost untouchable, but considering the situation Cara was in, mm. who knows next year, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, kid will be two. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to show my real amateur videography here and I'm going to turn on a light because the problem with using natural light from a window is that it doesn't last. So bear with me just 30 seconds. There we go. Not much better. I, you know, I also have a, a window here with light and um, I was going to do the same as you. And I was like, I better turn the light on because I imagined it wouldn't last. Yeah. Well, you're, you're further, you're further west than me, so I can tell you it's going to get dark soon. <laughs> but you probably knew that already because it's. I had a had a feeling. Nighttime it's, it's does that. Consistent day to day. Um, anyway, yeah, I think 
there's so many athletes that we can highlight. Um, talking a little bit more about, like say, the, the mammoth effort Rogue have gone to to facilitate this competition, essentially virtually, um, although live, is, is amazing. So what they did with the athletes that they invited, my understanding is that each of those athletes was provided with a small container full of Rogue equipment, which in itself is amazing. You know, can you imagine that just turning up? It's kind of like Christmas. I mean, if they've um, got some some spare, and I'd be more than happy to to accept one. Yeah. Well, I, one thing I was wondering, and, and we can kind of get into them, is like, you know, so I know at least Matt Fraser and Carrie Pierce both had to pull out through uh, implications of an injury. Was that before or after they received the kit? You know, what happened? Probably, probably after, wasn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, Oh, I was yeah. supposed to tell you last week. I completely forgot. Sorry. Yeah, I sent, yeah. It, sent it in the mail. They um, got um, they got the equipment, and they they even sent them kind of a a floor plan, a yeah. floor plan of how to set up that equipment. Uh, and so you, you'll see there was kind of a box constantly mm-hmm. on on the floor, and that was you know it's all it's basically all the things that people complain about kind of during the open, isn't it? Like oh well, you know their rower was over here and the the pull-up bar was over there and you know if I could have had that layout in my gym then I'd have been quicker and they eliminated all of that and they just were like look you're in this you're all in this little square that is it Mm. and you compete there and I I do think going forward that's interesting because obviously live competition will start up again one day in the future no doubt but if we're going to have social distancing guidelines and mm. restrictions and limitations on how close athletes can be to each other and the judges and so on and so forth, you know, we're used to these lanes, aren't we? Like, mm. and you can, it's very easy to visualize where, you know, who's in the lead because they're further down this lane. But the idea that, well, actually you could put them basically in a box and they can do the entire competition more or less within that box. That's reassuring because that means there are options on the table down the line if uh, if you know different countries are going to have certain restrictions on what yeah uh, what competitions are allowed to do mm. yeah i mean and it's an, it's an example within the the sport that we we enjoy of of, of like where ad- adversity you'd never heard of is put in front of you you find a way through it right you know and uh, you know that's that's kind of like what the sport of CrossFit is, right? Is like, here's a challenge, navigate your way through it. And, you know, and I think a lot of these things will, you know, hopefully we'll get back to the kind of, you know, the open, you know, the, the, the Coliseum floor or the, the, the football field kind of events in, 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 in the sun. But equally, it shows that, you know, so I think some of these things will, will be around for a while yet, yeah, that's for sure. Only time will tell. We'll yeah. see. So, <laughs> but I mean, or, or even on a local affiliate level yeah. it gives you an idea of if you are if you know if the government allows boxes to reopen uh, perhaps potentially the way they will have to be laid out uh, mm. you know, at least for a while if you're not going to be able to have the rowers all down one end and the barbells all on another end because yeah. that means people are going to be mixing and passing and you know you've got to have these restrictions. maybe it's going to be smaller classes but you could set them up in these kind of boxes and at least yeah, at least your gym is functioning. So, I mean, there was a, a lot, a lot came out of this besides the competition. I think Rogue have, have sort of shone a little bit of a spotlight on a few, uh, a few areas, a few ideas, a few things people could do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, competition-wise, if if someone else could pull this off, I'd be quite amazed because yeah. obviously, you know, Rogue are a big player and they've got 
a lot of resources that they could use. I, yeah. I would struggle to see other competitions being able to put on a similar uh, a similar event, or at least pulling it off. That's probably yeah. the more impressive thing. Um, yeah. So, and, and what they what they delivered was two full days of, of competition, three events on each day, um, and a real mixture of different different events. You know, we've got short, fast, light the fuse and go. We've got some real classic takes on classic workouts. Um, but equally, then we had like you know, kind of a, a lift off, and and even things kind of like you know they didn't call it death by death by power snatch, but it was that kind of increasing rep scheme, EMOM, you know, really, really nice. And, and the whole thing was kind of narrated and commentated by, you know, Sean Woodland, Chase Ingram, two real, you know, uh, kind of professors of the, of the sport. Um, and then they had a number of really kind of knowledgeable guests in there, Margot Alvarez, but also um, I think they had Carrie Pierce drop in to, to talk and um, coach uh, Mike Bergner, the, his weightlifting expertise and knowledge was was a real nice compliment to event four which we can get into the kind of like the clean and jerk last last athlete standing um so yeah they they went to town on not just enabling the events to happen but the whole the whole kind of spectacle yeah and there was always there was always something going on wasn't there so even in the breaks between events the breaks uh, between uh, heats there was there was always something to keep you occupied uh, it wasn't just dead air or you know looking at an empty competition floor there was always an interview here or uh, an experience of you know strong man or something else because obviously again rogue has got their fingers in so many pies that they they can pull from um, i i would say that most of if not all of the events were relatively short uh, some were incredibly short uh, event six <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> for one person in particular event six was incredibly short uh, we'll, we'll get to that but but yeah there wasn't any really long event and I, I i think that's where that limitation of being in a box um uh, you know in a box in a box <laughs> basically being in a square uh i yeah you couldn't have them doing a kind of marathon type mm. event just standing in a box could you that that would uh, it wouldn't be entertaining and i i think probably the feed would struggle to, yeah. to to handle that, and I think people would get bored. So uh, I, I think they did a good job con- considering. And and some of the events obviously went on longer because of the caliber of athlete. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sam Briggs <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> uh, so so I think that did. But yeah, looking at I think time caps were generally I think maybe twenty minutes was the longest time cap. I think looking at the events here. Yeah, that would be for uh, the event five chipper, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? It's uh, Tom with a uh, post-recording edit here. Just want to say a big thanks for listening to the first uh, ever episode of Chalking Fitness Podcast. Um, this was the first 25 minutes or so of a two-hour discussion that Jason and I had on the Rogue Invitational. We obviously had plenty to say, so do head over to the Chalking Fitness YouTube channel if you want to kind of listen to any more of uh, the discussion that we had. Looking forward to kind of bringing more episodes in the future, looking at both kind of global CrossFit competitions, functional fitness competitions, but definitely with a focus on the UK community as well. So take care and speak to you again soon. Bye.